Hello everybody, this is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. Like I always say, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is a very, very important and special podcast. This show is done with a young lady named Kylie. Kylie, as you'll soon hear went through a lot of medical problems that were the result of genetics, medicine that she took, a medicine called Cipro, which is a very widely prescribed antibiotic. I actually want to have somebody on my show to talk about Cipro because I view this show as a way to educate people. And I want to educate folks about Cipro because, holy God, uh, sounds like a, bit, a big bad deal. Um, anyway, so Kylie had some medical uh, issues that were the result of Cipro, some genetics, and some other stuff, which were pretty bad uh, for her. And she also talks about some things I didn't know because she has done a whole lot of research into her situation. Um, and this is a very important show, and I want people to hear it. She's also a musician, and we talk about that, and, um, I don't know, it was just a really interesting podcast. It's a very important podcast, though, I think, and, um, one of these shows that I'm happy to put out, and I certainly would love for people to hear it. Also... I'm on a new provider. Uh, some of you guys know that, rss.com. Uh, so Google Podcast is now officially back up. Uh, Spotify, you're going to have to search for the History Voyager podcast. Um, Apple isn't playing ball. So I'm on the Apple feed, but I have a separate... It's like this Apple feed is separate from my previous Apple feed that is now dead and I'm on lots of other places so just help me get the word out uh, thanks a bunch and uh, talk to you folks later alright bye now folks and we're recording now so this actually might make the internet this whole <laughs> spiel right here uh, like so you're into music so this is like when somebody's on the Bob Dylan track and they're going okay Bob you can go now <laughs> and then he goes into blood on the tracks or something uh, so, uh, <laughs> one take bob okay so this is uh hi everybody my name is hi everybody my name is ben kitchings uh history voyager uh as i always say there are a zillion podcasts out there thank you very 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 much for listening to mine this is kylie and we're going to have what I'm certain is a fascinating conversation. All right, Kylie. Um, so do you want to say how you came to me or not? Huh? For, for the people. For the people. <laughs> Hello, people. <laughs> I am Kylie. <laughs> I am a human on planet Earth. And it is great to be here with you today, Benjamin. I, uh, it is. I am thrilled to be on your podcast. 
And um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay. So, so you're a, you're a performer. You're a musician. Yes, I am. What type of music do you play? Ooh. Well, first of all, I'd like to say good music. <laughs> <laughs> Womp. Um, what kind of music? It's kind of a cross between like rock, pop, electronic, and soul. Yeah. I, I was going to make this joke about how, I don't know, man, like Justin Bieber's got this one song that's pretty good. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, which one? <laughs> the one about his ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, um, that one. You know, I don't know the name. Of, I don't know the names of these things. <laughs> That's fair. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he named it something. <laughs> but like, you listen to it, and you're like, "See, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> He's got some good tunes. I only know the one that's any good. The rest of them, I don't know. But the okay. one. <laughs> as long as you know the good one, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I, um, I have been living a very interesting path as of, uh, recently okay. and I, you I essentially, some... oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. You had some medical issues, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, I was basically a performer and uh, I've been my entire life and, um, after decades of performing, I got very, very sick, and I was basically at this point where I I was like a skeleton. I was 82 pounds. Um, everything uh. was just not going right, and I ended up in the hospital, and doctors, uh. of course, had lots of things to tell me of all the exploratory surgeries that, you know, that I needed, and very dramatic things that I was just not into. I was like, you know, I'm 28 years old. This is not going to be my story. And coming from a really holistic background, uh, a vegan one at that, I, I knew that I could heal my body on my own terms. So I decided to leave the hospital, even against what doctors were telling me. And I went on a journey of healing my body. And um, huh. that has been a very interesting journey so far because when I was in the hospital, I got a drug that is very well known actually, and it's very commonly prescribed. It's uh, They're known as fluoroquinolones. And the FDA even says, um, as of like a very long time ago, that fluoroquinolones are not safe for doctors to prescribe. Yet doctors continue to prescribe it. Um, it's prescribed what? for, it's an antibiotic. Okay. And it's a very like heavy antibiotic. And so when I was in the hospital, I had a lot of different like GI uh, distress and GI problems, gut problems that they didn't know like where it was, what exactly was causing it. Right. So just to be sure, you know, quote, just to be sure, they gave me this heavy duty antibiotic and 
a lot of people might know it as Cipro or Avalox or Levaquin. I know what even I know what Cipro is. Yeah, that's Oh, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not that's not little. <laughs> yeah. Um do you know it because you've taken it? I I don't know if I've taken it, but I know Oh wow. Okay. There's things that I know that I have no idea why I know that. <laughs> and this is one of those things. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's widely known. Um I didn't know how commonly prescribed it was until yeah. I started sharing this with friends and family and um yeah. you know a lot of people I know have taken it as well. It's commonly prescribed for like UTIs or GI distress or infections. Mm. Um Anyway, I got Cipro while I was in the hospital, and I got it with a cocktail of other things, of steroids and such. And then I went home, and um, about, essentially, I went on my journey of um, just really re-engineering my entire life. Can, uh, can we drill into that, the re-engineering sure. of, of your whole life? So sure. Let's talk about your life prior to the GI event and then your life after you decided to do something. Okay. So essentially, I was born and raised vegan and I was vegan for 28 years, like hardcore vegan. I mean, I converted most people in my life to veganism. I... I mean, growing up, we didn't consume honey. We didn't buy leather. Everything was very, very, very strict. And as I... You didn't wait. You didn't consume honey? No. No. Okay. Why? Well, because it comes from animals. It comes from bees. And a lot of vegans believe that it is not ethical to consume honey because of uh, the process of harvesting honey. Uh, oh, Okay. But all that to say, we were just really strict about it. So, you know, a lot of people uh. might do like a plant-based diet. It's, it's very commonly known nowadays. But growing up in the 90s in Chicago, I was not, I mean, I didn't know anybody besides my family who lived this way. So you yeah, could imagine, that. you know, it was very different, very weird. Yeah. I had friends that would ask me if I could eat cucumbers because nobody knew what vegan meant. As so, soon as you said Chicago, I heard two things. One, what's that? one you were from Chicago, <laughs> and two, there's a Jay Leno bit. You know who Jay Leno of was? Of course, yeah. There's a Jay Leno bit about, uh, hey, guess what? Did you know that the bald eagle is no longer an endangered species? Do you know what that means, Chicago? Another meat dish. Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> I'd leave it to Jay Leno to say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so so yeah, born and raised vegan, super strict my entire life. Um, you know, just lived it, lived the lifestyle. And as I got out of my teenage years and into my 20s, 
I really adopted that way of living um, kind of on my own terms of, you know, like, what does it mean to me and what does it look like for my life? And I was still very much vegan. I frankly could never imagine another way because it was just how I lived. Uh And I started to get sick and... Do you you think you were getting sick from being vegan or do you think you were getting sick from something else? I think it was a combination of sorts. Okay. At the time I, um, I had built a, a project that I was so proud of and, uh, it was a, a band and we were traveling all around. We played, uh, I think close to a hundred shows together. Um, you know, we were, we were doing stuff and it, it, it felt great. We were just actually coming off of the kiss cruise, uh, with the band kiss. And I, Holy crap. Yeah. I was just, I was so sick. And I remember standing on the stage, like every performance that we had feeling like, you know, the show must go on kind of thing where I was just yeah. somehow going to pull it off, but I didn't know how I was going to make it through. Cause I just felt so sick. Cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm not, it's not <laughs> cool that you were sick. It, it's cool that you were on this cruise with Kiss. That that's what's cool. Not it was cool. Sick. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I think the coolest part about it was they had, of all things that I could think was cool, they had ice sculptures uh, carved uh, into all of the members of Kiss uh, their heads. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. You know, you know what's, I mean, you know what's really, I love music. Um, I love music a lot. Me too. And, but I also like history. I love history. Yeah. To me, one of the most fascinating things in modern American pop music, which I'm calling metal pop music, okay? Right. Because it is, it's popular music. All right. Absolutely. Is... If you go above me, so if you go older than me, the band, the people in the bands that all like Kiss, it's just amazing. Like Metallica, Pantera, uh, you know, all these bands just love Kiss, man. You know, that's just yeah. You got to, as a historian person, you just got to think like you got to respect that. Like oh, you got to respect that these people created so many other musicians absolutely yeah it's truly incredible to see the the fandom there i mean these people were like the most fanatical kiss fans that you could imagine yeah and even just that was was so inspiring yeah yeah but yeah at the time we were we were doing really well um, and we were on our way just to more and more success. And at the same time, my health was just tanking. And I think it was a combination of like severe deficiencies uh, in my diet and, you know, lifelong deficiencies and uh, who I was surrounding myself with. I, you gotta I wasn't have happy. Iron. You, you got to have, have iron. You got to have iron. Oh, you yeah. You got to have um, those other vitamins in, in the meat. I forget what they are right now, but well, yeah. Well, B12 is an important one, but for someone like me, I I have certain um, uh, genes that don't allow me to methylate B12 right. 
So wow. even though I was taking certain supplements, okay. I wasn't able to actually like metabolize it. Wow. Yeah. So you couple that with not getting complete proteins, which, you know, com incomplete proteins are essentially proteins like um, soy or a lot of different, um, you know, beans and legumes and stuff that don't have a complete amino acid profile. And that over time, where I experienced, you know, essentially almost 30 years of living that way creates a really, really strong void in uh, what your body needs and huh. essentially what it's not getting. Huh. So, okay, so you had this medical situation, you're in the hospital, they're telling you all kinds of things. Um, there's a question I want to ask you, but I want you to go through the, the hospital stay or as much as that as you want to first. And there's a question I need to ask. I just have to ask you. Absolutely. So I, I leave the hospital and, you know, the one thing I knew for sure, which was I can heal my body. The body is a miraculous healing machine. And if I give it what it needs, if I give it the proper support, I can heal it. I didn't know how I was going to do that because clearly if what I was doing was working, I wouldn't have gotten to that point in time of being 82 pounds in the hospital and withering away, right? Yeah. So I leave the hospital and, you know, I just, I keep thinking like, if what I was doing was working, I would be getting a different result. Results speak. And when your results are essentially crap, something yeah. needs to change, right? That's right. So I started to evaluate everything that I was doing in my life. And a big uh, side of that was my diet or, you know, what I consumed. So at the same time, my body was rejecting everything that I was used to, beans, legumes, vegetables, fruits, grains, soy. It was literally rejecting everything and I felt sicker and sicker the more that I consumed it. So I knew something wasn't right there. And at the same time when that was happening, I started to crave meat. And I've never literally up until that point, never had meat in my life. So like, how can you crave something that you have never had? Wow. And so, you know, I started to really like meditate with that and to, um, you know, up until that point, it was a really, really big deal for me. It was um, a kind of humiliating, to be honest, because I was so, so sure that I would be vegan for my entire life. I mean, it was part of my identity at that point. It was not just yeah. like something that I did. It was, you know, when you're born and raised into something and it's you live and walk the talk and live the lifestyle, it, it's very much part of who you are. So being able to look that um, kind of in the eye and, and to say, well, maybe this isn't right for me anymore. Maybe I, I need a change because my body's asking for it. And so I'm either going to listen to my body or succumb to my disease and illness and just get sicker. At that point, I already felt pretty terrible and had a whole list of symptoms. So I started to source um, from a local farm and I would talk with the farmers and really get to know like 
where my food was coming from and it spawned let me, this let me just back you up for a sure. hot second sure um you know <clears throat> forgive me i'm a seasoned interviewer sometimes people say things and i want to zoom in on something love it so while you're sick let's bear that in mind you're sick you're also sourcing food from farmers yes so this is not i don't know what they have like in where you are as far as grocery stores this is not like let me go to the store and get chicken or whatever this is i'm gonna find farmers and we're gonna get protein absolutely right. yes okay okay did you email first of all okay <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> How, how does one do this from a from a retail level? Like, how does one do this? Do you, do you go online? Do you go on? What did you do? Go on Reddit? Go on Facebook? Go on Twitter? What did you do? There are multiple ways um, to to go about this. The first okay. way that I went about this was I found out where like three or four farmers markets were happening in multiple cities uh, surrounding okay. where I lived. And I went and met the people who were selling local meat. And I was, I would like stand there for like an hour or two, just grilling them about every question I could possibly think of. And then I, um, you know, it was, a, it was a very big deal for me. I felt very much so like a fish out of water doing this yeah. because I felt like, like, how could I, how could I do this? You know, but at the same time, I knew that I needed something physically for my, my physical body to you keep. Don't, you don't you mean know. like how, you mean, you don't mean like how to eat meat. You mean like. Oh, no, sorry. Like, like, like yeah, I felt yeah. mentally and emotionally like I was doing something terribly wrong because my, I had such deep programming that, that this was the way and this yeah, was the only yeah. way. And so it really opened my mind up and um, yeah. I allowed it to just really humble me in, uh, you know, where I was at and what I was doing and to kind of become open, open minded. You know, I always thought I was a really open minded okay. person until my health came crashing down and my body was asking yeah. for something different. Then, you know, when you're in that space, you yeah. really discover what it means to either succumb to your illness or become really open-minded to everything that you don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, so you're sit, you're standing there grilling the cow, the, the cattle person, right? <laughs> right. You're, you're standing there like, <laughs> what are you feeding this person? Like, oh yeah. Every cow? single thing. What are I you feeding possibly... this cow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Every single detail. Um, uh, yeah, I I would bring a notepad full of of questions every single oh, week wow. until I felt <laughs> comfortable enough to understand what was happening there. And then I talked to the the farmer. I called up you know the farm and then asked them as many questions I could think of. Um, nowadays, oh, there's wow. a lot of websites, uh, regenerative agriculture um, yeah. and farms that you can actually find online. There's a lot of really great websites. And um, okay, yeah, if you just you know, simply do a Google search on um, how to find local meat or farm. You know, going to a farmer's market is a really great way to connect with local vendors and people who are selling uh, at a small level. 
And there's yeah. another really great app called Shire Local. And um, you can basically get in touch with people who are selling really high quality meat and dairy. And I think that, you know, comes back to it's not just about what you put in your body. It's it's about the sourcing. And, you know, a lot of the argument is just, is it meat or is it not meat? But my experience is it's the kind of meat. Okay. It's the kind of so food. It's the, so it's the argument in the vegan community, again, is all meat is bad or it's right. not bad. But what you're saying is, hey, let's nuance it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's like the way we're feeding the cow or yeah. whatever. Absolutely. There's a guy that I know through podcasting. Um, There's a fellow, a young man I know through podcasting. I'm going to give him this episode (laughs) because he teaches people how to be cat, uh, do something with cows. I don't know exactly what it is, Mm. but he really, he educates people about farming and about where he educates people where where food comes from. Mm. His Love name it. is Brendan Black. I've had him on my show a couple times. I'm going to give him this episode. See what he thinks. Great. Love it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> by the way, hi, Brendan. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but um, so let's, uh, okay. The question that I've been dying to ask you how long? Okay, but I want to get there a little slower now. How long before you actually purchased any meat? Did you uh, were you out there grilling the farmers? Oh, probably about a month. Jesus. Yeah, I was committed. Were you going? Okay, so this is <laughs> you is won't this, find it, someone who's more committed than me on the subject. <laughs> is this a, is this a daily thing? Was it a weekly thing? Was it? <laughs> There were three farmers markets that I was going to um, once a week, so so probably about three times a week for about a month. And oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it really it led me down this path of um, oh boy, of just like forgiveness for yeah. for everything about it. Um, forgiveness for myself. I think a lot of times we're very judgmental towards what we do as humans versus um, approaching something with an open mind and understanding that we don't know most things. And when my health failed me, I was very lost and confused at the fact that, you know, I lived a really, really, quote, healthy vegan lifestyle for a very long time. How could this happen? You know, I don't know beans about veganism. I mean, I know what a vegan is. and I know... I know, for example, that a zucchini is not an animal. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but I do know a, a fair bit about history. Um, and one of the things that I find fascinating is that a lot of human history was actually, so before people were washing hands, right? Right. And before people were getting regular baths. Okay. Mm. So... It's amazing. Like it's truly astonishing when you introduce hand washing and regular bathing in hot water, or in just water at all, and then hot water. 
how that simple act makes people live longer, right? Hmm. Right. So uh, there's always been a part of me ever since I heard about veganism and, you know, people talking about veganism. There's always been a part of me that's always been like, yeah, but most people were dead before they were 40. Okay, like, you have to eat meat if you want to have proper muscle mass and proper you know, bone density, right? Right. You have to eat meat. Yeah, it's definitely a luxury that people can choose whether or not they're going to... Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, in the cultures where they are vegan, like India, um, they've been vegan for thousands of years. Right. Okay, so they know how to do it. <laughs> well, I'm not sure it's always about knowing how to do it or not, because I was very, very committed to, like, I knew how to do it, you know, and I was doing okay. it. But I had, everyone has different bio-individual needs. Everyone has different, yeah. um, you know, ways of, yeah. like, you come into this world with a blueprint, right? My blueprint's different than your blueprint. And the nutrients and things that you need are going to be different from what I need. <clears throat> and I think this, the secret and the key is to being able to tune in and to listen to those needs and to approaching it with an open mind without judgment and without ridicule. All too often in society, we're very quick to ridicule and judge something that we don't have, we don't understand or that we don't have enough information on. But if everyone learned more of how and why the body works the way that it does and how to support that with the proper nutrients, I think we'd be looking at a very different society as far as autoimmune diseases and cancers and everything that we're facing now. Yeah. You know? That's that's a thought. And here's something like I had a chemist on my show um, and he talked about how storing food like if you the thing he told me was. If you can't, if you're not supposed to cook it, if you're not supposed to put something in the microwave like plastic or whatever styrofoam, you're also not supposed to put it in the freezer, in the refrigerator. So you think about all the food that we get served that's in styrofoam. Right. You think about that. I've thought about that ever since. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then it leaches into your food. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Okay, this is the silly question I've been dying to ask you. So after 28 years of not eating meat, <laughs> what was the first meat thing you had? <laughs> I actually tried um, salmon for the first time. Okay. What was that like for you? Actually, sorry, we rewind. Uh, eggs were the first thing. Okay. What was that like? <laughs> it was... It, you know, it felt like for the first time that my body was getting what it needed. Okay. And I I had this, like, internal feeling where I needed more of it. Okay. So did you have, the first time, did you have two eggs? Did you have? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. And then right. 
you know, when I tried the salmon, it was like, okay, yeah, I can't deny that I, my body is craving this right now. And, um, can you, can you describe for me, like the, what that tasted like for the first time? Oh, super weird. Okay. Like how (laughs) super weird, weird. Weird but I could tell that my body needed the nutrients in it. That was the weird part. So you didn't like the taste? Did you like the taste? Did you not? I like didn't the mind taste? it. I didn't mind okay. it. It wasn't like, mm, wow, this is. <laughs> okay. I'm dying to eat more of this. I mean, for perspective, my favorite food, basically, my entire life has been lentil burgers. So, you know, trying I salmon. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Hey, I'm not judging. Okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how vegan I was. I was very much so. I mean, I grew up, we didn't have any kind of replacement butters. We didn't have any kinds of fake meats. We didn't have, I mean, my oh, mom ground God. her own spelt berries to make spelt flour. We we had our own garden. Ooh. It was, it, we, we, we lived it, you know, we were very, very vegan. It's, it wasn't like a mo- the modern day, yeah. what today is, what people know as plant-based where you have all these replacement meats and butters and sour creams and fake cheeses and stuff. Like we didn't have any of that stuff, you know? When I, w- when I was uh, an early teenager, um, I was taken to a doctor and the doctor said, well, your son is allergic to wheat. Mm. Uh, I think, I don't know if I'm technically allergic to wheat. Okay, I don't know. Um, I tried to, my mother, bless her heart, uh, tried to have me be allergic to wheat for a while. So she went and got like spelt bread. Wait, wait, she tried to have you be allergic to it? Well, okay, not, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let's have spelt spaghetti and spelt bread and spelt this and spelt that and millet the other thing. And, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember what type of grain it was. There was, I'll never forget this. There was this grain that they made bread out of, like sandwich bread out of. Mm -hmm. It was so crumbly that you literally, I literally went through an entire, like a half a loaf of bread to make a ham sandwich. (laughs) Cause the bread kept crumbling. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I know that well. <laughs> and I hated, like, I hated spelt. I, I will not eat it to this day. Like, <laughs> I, I, th- I don't, and I, and then one day I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat wheat. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it sounds like you maybe have an allergy to it. I, Maybe I I don't know. Um, I, I this I know. Okay, this I know. I don't drink anymore. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I haven't had alcohol in a few years, like That's several awesome. years at this point. Um, <clears throat> I had a much higher sensitivity to beer than I did mm. like liquor. Like a much higher sensitivity to beer. Then I did liquor for real. That makes sense. Okay. So that, that I know. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, like I could have two beers and I was done. Like, but not so with the liquor. Yeah. Well, it's like concentrated wheat with beer. Yeah. I mean, so maybe, I mean, sure. 
but also like I knew a guy who was a who had a weed allergy like he had one for real and he couldn't have a donut like yeah. he could not eat donuts like literally like the, he would his throat would close oh well yeah that's sad no for the of course for not ha- being able to have a donut <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it cuz somebody somebody thought he was you know i'm allergic to wheat so they got him so they like snuck him a donut somehow and part of a donut his throat closed oh boy and we had, you know and, and now let us adjourn to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> seamless transition <laughs> so as i'm in the hospital no i'm just saying that's what we said. <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> I'm saying like that's what we said. Um, but No, I feel you. <laughs> anyway, so no. Um, okay. So back to what we were saying. Um so you you like the you figured out you like the eggs and um the salmon. Mm-hmm. Uh did you fig you know, with breakfast, a lot of breakfast is uh, like from the home, basically. Like so you know, like you learn how to eat lunch food around in society, like supper, uh, dinner and lunch. You learn to eat that in society. But breakfast food a lot of the time is uh, that's from home. Hmm. Right. I never thought so, about it that way. I was homeschooled, so yeah. I ate all my meals at home. <laughs> so, OK, so like, I mean, I grew up eating sausage and bacon. Right. At breakfast, like did other people tell you? Hey, there's a thing called bacon. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, growing up vegan, you hear all the jokes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it never stops. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it it wasn't yeah. something that that um really phased me. Just kind of get over it at some point and you just it's just kind of like whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a really interesting learning experience because I just kind of made a commitment with myself that I was going to just be really open-minded and learn everything that I did not know. And that's What was that up. journey for? What was that, how was that journey? Learning things I mean, you didn't know. it was enlightening. I think if, you know, if you can have the humility to step back and, you know, say that and you don't know <laughs> a lot of things in a in yeah. a in a field that you feel like you do at the time you know when yeah. you grow up vegan and it's very much so the emphasis on everything that you do in your life and how it how it you know works in your body and whatnot you are definitely uh, convinced that you know a lot about health and i grew up in a very holistic with a very holistic background and I just always thought I was really open-minded, but I would say that was the really interesting part of it is that I learned through this yeah. experience how I was not very open-minded until, you know, uh, I was exploring a lifestyle that was completely unfamiliar to me and, you know, kind of scary in that sense where you're comfortable with what you have and when you have to change. Were, were you in a relationship at that point? When you, when you went uh, from vegan to non-vegan, yes. Okay, your 
partner. Uh, were they vegan as well? Yes, they were. Oh, how was that? <laughs> and they were vegan because I converted them to veganism. <laughs> how was that? <laughs> um, it was super eye-opening. It was the kind of thing where, you know, I just said, you have to, just like I am, you have to listen to your body. And uh. I have to just explore this because, you know, I'm starting to feel better and better from from incorporating these things into my life. And uh, even though it's it's a total uh, uh, mind bender of sorts because I was so sure I would be vegan for my entire life, you know, you obviously have to do what's best for you too. So uh, at the time, mm. we both related on feeling very fatigued and um, having like all sorts of uh, brain fog and, you know, um, teeth problems and such. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let me ask I, you I, yeah, for sure. Have you gotten, uh, I just have to know, have you gotten to the point now where like, I don't know, like, I guess, did you have to learn how to spice certain food or like, is there a, a type of meat you like more than other types of meat or is it all just nutrition for you? I actually um, am a private chef, so oh, I, God. <laughs> <laughs> I have never really had any problem um, like flavoring food or making up dishes. I That was one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways that I was so, uh, I think, easy to persuade others and convince others that this was a good lifestyle, veganism for everyone, because of the food that I made. <laughs> so... <laughs> The transition huh. point is just, um, it's just been more expansive and has given me more tools and resources on, you know, how to cook things and uh, explore that. So, but that journey has basically brought me to a super healthy weight. Um, I'm feeling better than ever. I, um, one note that I mentioned earlier in our conversation was how I was given Cipro in the hospital. And after I got home from the hospital, I started to have little like uh, like muscle fatigue and stuff. But I thought it was because of the weight that I had lost and putting it back on and, you know, just the process of like, quote, getting healthy again. Right. Yeah. Well, fast forward three years after I was given Cipro and I had worked a few days in a row for a very long period of time. I was on my feet. And I was very sore in my, my like lower back area hurt okay. and I was, uh, very tired. And so I took a few Aleve, you know, like the, the NSAID Aleve. Mm -hmm. And what happened from there was the bomb, they call it the bomb going off in your body. The bomb went off in my body where it actually What's... reacted to the Cipro that was dormant in my Wait, cells from three say, years earlier. When you say bomb going off in your body, what are you talking about? It was an interaction that the Aleve had with the Cipro okay. from three years prior. So here I am going Jeez. about my life, just, you know, doing everything that I do, playing music and hiking and working, blah, blah, blah. And I take some Aleve one day, three years later after getting Cipro, in the hospital 
Um, at the time, I was never told about a, the black box warning that Cipro comes with, the fluoroquinolones come with, that it causes severe mitochondrial damage, severe uh, potentially irreparable tendon damage, and um, could even cause heart problems, brain aneurysms. It's a very serious drug that is given out like candy. But I, here I am, I start feeling what I now know as tendon pain which I have never experienced up until that point. I never experienced tendon pain before. But I felt it in all different parts of my body. And mind you, I did not know that this had anything to do with Cipro that I had gotten three years earlier. So I'm going about my life, and all of a sudden I can't walk. And I'm like, man, I'm in so much pain. You know, like, what is this pain in my hip? Chiropractors... Uh, telling me that I had a herniated disc. Then I finally get x-rays and such. I had no herniated disc. Um, the pain was going into my knees, my feet, my ankles, my wrists, my elbows, my shoulders, literally everywhere in my body. And this pain is one, something like I've never experienced in my life. And two, was so debilitating I could not walk on my own. I could not even do simple things like use the bathroom on my own or even drink out of a cup because I was so crippled from it. When you say, okay, so what do you mean? Like, um, you, your, was it tendon laxity? Was it just pain? What was it? Uh, essentially what the fluoroquinolones do is it, it can cause tendon damage and the kind of tendon damage that it causes is where your tendons literally rip off of your bones. And Jesus. if you're not careful, they can either rupture or, you know, um, be needed to be sewn together with surgery. Um, it's very serious and it's excruciatingly painful. Um, it, this kind of pain was something that I only ever imagined happened in like a torture chamber. It was absolutely brutal, and I had no idea that this was linked to the fluoroquinolones, a.k.a. Cipro. Um, and so here I am on and off for the next three, four months. I would walk or, you know, work, do something in the kitchen, and then the next day I'd be completely out. And... Uh, it was, it was very mentally disturbing as well. It causes lots of neurological problems. And, um, and then I went on this path of like, I was pretty much confined to the couch. I could no longer walk. I couldn't walk yeah. up the stairs or anything. I was, uh, you know, had to use a wheelchair. And, um, and so by my count, how old would you be at this point? Oh, this was last year. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, it was really brutal. Um, uh, I, I, I went on a path of <laughs> praying to uh, my guardian angels essentially around the clock, 24 hours a day um, wow. <laughs> uh, for answers. And I prayed and meditated for answers to figure out what was going on. And w one of those days I was scrolling on my phone and I came across an article of a girl talking about how she took Cipro and how it put in her in a wheelchair. 
And I was reading her story and I was like, oh my God, I took Cipro. Okay, and- so I know a lot about SEO. I mean, I don't know a lot, a lot, but I know more than the average person. That's that's a fair statement. Maybe <laughs> a lot more than the average person. I have, I have some questions for you about that. <laughs> sure. What app were you on when you were scrolling through your phone? Oh, it wasn't an app. It was just online. It was... Uh, was it Google? Instagram, TikTok, one of those. Okay, so that's an app. Totally. In- Instagram's an app. TikTok's an app. Had you mentioned that you'd been on Cipro? What do you mean? Had you said in the presence of your phone... Not even oh. necessarily on your phone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, because at that point, I had no idea that there were any was anything linked to this drug. I mean, a, a lot of doctors, for example, um, misdiagnose this as Lyme's disease, as fibromyalgia, as chronic pain. There are millions of Americans who have been given fluoroquinolones and who have no idea that there are neurological problems, there are tendon problems, there are muscle problems, neuropathy, heart conditions. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Mm, Okay, wow. Um, Now, that's, that's interesting because... All these apps, like all these apps, including Google, um, they hear they you, like your phone is really just a rectangle with microphones, and so your phone just records things. Like it picks Absolutely. up, it picks up stuff and takes it somewhere else. Yes. And so for you to say that, for you to not say anything about Cipro or whatever, and you see a TikTok about it. I'm sure you said it to somebody or you called somebody or did something. I'm sure of it. Just saying. Oh, like post five. Well, the thing is that, you know, after I found out about it, I was absolutely talking about it. But before that, I, there was no reason that I, like it, it made, there were no, um, no points that you could draw from what I said or, what I had searched to um, finding out about it because I had no idea that anything could ever be linked to something that a pharmaceutical that I had received three years prior, who would, especially when you're not privy to the information that there is a black box warning that is very, very severe. A black box warning. Oh yeah. Fluoroquinolones come with a black box warning that, you know, even the FDA has said that these drugs are not safe for doctors to prescribe, yet they continue Jeez. to prescribe them know. and hand them out like candy. Yeah. But I didn't know about that black box warning. I never even thought about it after I had received it. You know, who does? I just went out about my life. I bet you then... do now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think everyone needs to know about fluoroquinolones because yeah. it's it's very dangerous and um yeah over the course of the last four months i have been um um essentially i detoxed them out of my system and um you know oh. have just been getting healthy again and so 
Yeah. So it's a very interesting thing, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's a very relevant thing in our society because people are, um, you know, very, very like have their whole lineup of pharmaceuticals they're taking. And a lot of times the pharmaceuticals will cause one will cause a ripple effect of symptoms that then they're given more pharmaceuticals for those symptoms and so on. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, you know, it's like, um, it's kind of a, a vicious cycle type of deal. Um. Hmm. So, are you playing music now or not? Absolutely, I am in the studio creating lots of music, and um, and you're being a personal chef or a. I'm taking a little a little bit of time off of that, but um, it's something that I've done a lot, and um, still love cooking, and um, this entire period of time has actually um helped me to create uh something i'm very excited about called celebrate the little wins uh and it's essentially a a community and uh, a resource hub for people who are um is it a website or i mean i know your email address (laughs) soon enough okay all right but it's all about uh, finding strength through the little wins, you know, because they become the yeah. big wins. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I like about now is all these people, man, they're all like, how can I connect with like-minded people or whatever? Like my situation is this and I don't want it to be that anymore. I want it to be something else. I don't know. I just really like this time. Yeah, it's a very um, mind-expanding time, I think, in the world. People are coming back to themselves, who they are, who they were born into this world uh, to be. I think you're right, in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a cool time to be alive. I, you know, (laughs) right? Um... (laughs) Let me ask you, let me ask you this. So the first time, and this is another silly question. So the there first are no time silly you, questions. <laughs> well, relatively, relative to what we, some of the things we were talking about. What's the first, when's the first time you had beef? Mm-mm. Probably a few months into, probably about six months into trying uh, locally sourced, like grass-fed meat and dairy. What do you think about beef? I think it's uh, highly nutritional and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest answer. I'm sorry. Well, I, I think, again, the sourcing is a really big deal. Um, I yeah. personally consume grass-fed, pasture-raised beef, and yeah. uh, you can heal a lot with it. It's it's kind okay. of coming back to, you know, they say like if you want to be healthy, eat the foods that your your grandma grew up with. You know, the ones that if she couldn't pronounce it, then it's probably not healthy. You know. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot of truth to that because nowadays we have everything has additives, chemicals, seed oils, and um, oh yeah, it's it's become the norm. Where you know, I think if if more people looked at what it was that they were consuming on a daily basis, they would understand more of their fatigue, brain fog, health problems. Yeah, probably. Um, wow, I didn't know that about uh, Cipro causing that many, causing all those sorts of problems. Yeah, it's a very dangerous drug. I'm, I don't know how I even know what that is. I'm sure I'm, I probably might have taken it at some point. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know. They're, they're highly fluoridated drugs. So, a lot of fluoride. Yeah, absolutely, and it's dangerous because when you take it, they the the compound of the fluoride essentially goes and sits inside your cells, and then uh, yeah. whatever chemical compound meets that fluoride, whether it's instant or over time, can cause what they call the bomb going off in your body. Okay. So there is something to be said for the fluoride in the water causing problems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like there is something because I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of, uh, I guess, I don't know, conspiracy theories about it. But, you know. Well, I mean, there's no the, secret that the lead and arsenic and fluoride and whole host of other contaminants yeah. are are rampant in our water supply yeah i knew about i didn't know about fluoride being huh wow nobody learns more from this show than me <laughs> that's awesome i mean <laughs> like you're talking well I've learned so much just talking to average. I tell that to people. Like, if you want to learn about your fellow humans, like, start a podcast. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, just totally. Start a podcast and talk to people. Like, regular people. It's amazing the stuff I've learned. There's a really cool, there's a really cool website that you can check out um, called ewg.org. Okay. And you can punch in your zip code. and. Yeah essentially find out what is in your water, your tap water. Jesus. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, we're in the studio these days working on a lot of really cool new music, and uh, we're so excited about it. And uh, we right. have a, a new project called The Lion and the River. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> seen some, some stuff about that. Sweet. Um, because I mean, do you, do you call him your boyfriend or your partner or what? Do you... Yeah, we're we're on why not TikTok together, and I've seen his promo video for that's amazing, very high quality. Oh yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a great uh, content yeah. creator. No, he is. He is. Um, he is. So, how did you guys meet? Oh, we met in uh, Washington, D.C. when we were teenagers at a leadership, uh, youth leadership conference. Okay. <laughs> All right. So y'all been together ever since or? 
Oh, we've been we've been good friends ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't actually live in the same state, but um, we had kept in touch through Skype, and we'd always just always talk about working on music together someday, and yeah. we'd always share our different uh, music projects we were working on with each other, and then yeah, and then uh, we got the opportunity to work on music together and start a project together. I, I can totally I can totally see why he was always uh, he's been on me to talk to you for a long time i can totally see why now like why is that you're an interesting person with a very interesting story thank you that people don't know i mean i i didn't know that supra was i mean i knew it wasn't anything to mess around with but i didn't know it was like dangerous like really really dangerous you know yeah yeah, I mean, Jeez. why would you? Like, who thinks about that stuff? I mean... <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing, right? Like, everybody, pretty much most people have something that they know about that most people, most other people don't, aren't really aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, I can have a conversation anywhere in the world with people about google you know and, and all the dun, dun, dun. no exactly <laughs> no, it's, look, just kidding um no and you shouldn't be kidding it's not it's not good it's really not good no and that's and a, a conversation little, for another time <laughs> well and in a, in a little minute i mean you know in a minute or three um in a little in a while google is going to pretty much be the only way anybody gets advertised to basically Hmm. other than the radio and and it's not okay so for years here's a little opinion i have okay here's a little thing i believe okay i believe that google years ago started seeding to really really smart people that google was a university so people like so really really smart people were, were google's best like advertising agents right let me tell you right now google is not a university it's a way to sell ads it's a way to show ads to people okay like so you exist in a google bubble i exist in a google bubble right and so your facts from the google bubble are going to be different from my facts from the google bubble i mean maybe there will be They'll probably be similar on a lot of the same stuff, but they're going to be different on a lot more things than you think. And that's a big problem. Right. Big, big problem. Yeah. (laughs) See, but that's something I know about that not a lot of people, not a whole, whole lot of people know about. Yeah. And it just, it just blows my mind that we don't talk about this in society every minute or every day. Just like it probably blows your mind that we're not talking about, cipro like it's <laughs> like it's heroin i mean <laughs> you know you know yeah well i think there's a lot of um censoring and uh you know shadow banning going on these days so that what i think is so so weird is for google to say i'll give you okay i'll keep it to me Right, I'm not going to accuse Google of doing it. I'll keep it to me. 
Google has a better idea what my bands are that I like than I do. <laughs> okay? Yeah. When I go on YouTube, Google has all my favorite bands right there on YouTube for me to watch. Yep. Are you telling me that Google doesn't know who watches ISIS videos? <laughs> Are you is that what we're saying? <laughs> Wanna try that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rabbit hole definitely goes deep there. I'm just saying I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Well, Kylie. Um, what's the biggest difference between eating meat and not eating meat? Hmm. The biggest difference between eating meat and not eating meat. Or, okay, how is eating meat, <laughs> let's ask it this way. Okay. How has eating meat made your life better? Uh, other than the obvious answer. Other than the way obvious answer, which has made you healthier, how how has it improved your life in other ways? That's a great question. There are many things I could say to that, but I think the most profound one is it has put me in touch with what I need and what my body is asking for. Huh. It has made me a very open-minded person and it has eliminated probably most all of the judgment that I ever felt towards food or the experience with food, um, where your food comes from, how it gets to your plate. It has humbled me greatly. Because when you become open-minded to what you don't know, you learn a lot. So let me ask you another question. Sure. Um, so we talked about um, sourcing food from local farmers, etc. Have you... I mean, do you go to fast food places? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're still like no no to the fast food stuff oh no yeah no i'm very oh. um okay. like i won't eat at a restaurant unless i know where their meat comes from um, oh wow i'm very very intense about it but okay it's uh served me well and right. uh, it's just kind of the standard that i have for myself but i think if uh, if people start looking at the sourcing of where their food is coming from and actually learn how it gets to their plate, then that creates a, a very deep awareness inside internally and how you, you know, assimilate that th those nutrients. I I find in general, like the more I know about stuff, the more I know about something, mm -hmm. the less I want, the less I want to know about that. Like what I mean by that is like. <laughs> Once you know something about X, you're like, oh, God, I wish I didn't know that. Oh, good. Okay, let me keep reading or let me keep researching. Or... 
it's definitely one flip of the coin, but the other flip of the coin is that it expands your mind and your experience. And if you know something is inherently wrong or bad, uh, you know, in whatever it is, or if it is wrong or bad for you, then it gives you more of a jumping off point to make a better decision for yourself, you know? And I'm not saying, I wasn't meaning it. Like, I wish I didn't know. I'm going to go back to not knowing that. What I mean is like, now that you, when I know something, it's like, I look at the, whatever it is I know, I look at the world differently because I know that. Yeah. Like, like with the Cipro thing, I'm, I'm sure you're like, you know, the world, you look at the world differently from somebody who never had Cipro never ended up in the hospital for X, Y, Z. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, uh, I was I was five years old and using acupuncture needles on myself because that was the kind of background I came from. I had only ever taken antibiotics maybe three times in my life. And then, of course, the, yeah. you know, the one time I get a heavy duty antibiotic, I'm, you know, it, it wrecks me. But this is the case for yeah. a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's a uh, it's something that that as a society, we need to open our yeah. eyes to because. It's not going to yeah. create a healthy society. <laughs> it's going to keep creating a, a society that is dependent on, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and, um, yeah, you know, pills one and of, surgery. One, one of my best friends from college, um, who shall remain nameless because I'm sure he listens, <laughs> um, <clears throat> did not eat MSG until mm-hmm. he did. Like he never ate it until he did, right? Mm-hmm. And then he discovered he had a galloping allergy to MSG. Yeah, a lot of people do. Like an absolute galloping allergy to it. And I wonder, are there people that are allergic to Cipro? And maybe that's what the deal is, or probably not. I'm just saying. Just There's a lot not. of things that affect it. There, um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that affect it, but MSG is one of the things that you can absolutely not have after uh, they call it being floxed and um, after you've had fluoroquinolones because it can, you know, set the bomb off in your body. So, wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the state of our food <laughs> supply, uh, meat, chickens are treated with, in like a, a generalized factory farm, they're treated with fluoroquinolones. And, so when you consume factory farm unorganic meat, you are consuming something like fluoroquinolones. So all of these little seemingly minuscule amounts of things over time add up. Yeah, stuff adds up for sure. Like mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I I would love for Brandon Black to listen to this. I'm I'm going to give it to him. Uh, I would love for him to to hear what you have to say. Get on this, Brendan. I'm, you know, he. <laughs> I'm serious, like, <laughs> I, 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 and I'm just saying that out loud right now. I'm, a, I'm just, <laughs> I, I would love for Brendan Black to hear this because, love it. I'm going to actually give it to him, like right when I get off. <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's a it's a very interesting thing, and I would uh, yeah, I would be pleased I, to continue to educate people on the uh, 
the dangers of fluoroquinolones. Well, because, I mean, you know, there's some... Okay, let me ask you this, because there's some disease that chickens have now that's the reason eggs are expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that from fluoro... Fluoroquinolones? Yeah, fluoroquinolones. Is that from that? Uh, Doubtful. Okay. But do you know what I'm talking about? There's a disease that chickens have now, which is why chickens are eggs are expensive now. Yeah, I think it's the the state of our food supply and how um, you know yeah. everything is industrialized to be quicker, faster, cheaper, and to make people more money. If we yeah. come back to local, I think that's where the the secret is: is to to come back to local foods and um, you know, get in touch with the farms that are in your area, support local farmers and, yeah. and get a better understanding of where your food comes from. What I wish they would do is I wish because, so I, my first several podcasts was a deep dive into the Spanish flu. Hmm. And so one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of chickens in suburbia, right? Mm. is because until very recently is because of laws that were put in place because of the Spanish flu. Right. Um, Because they didn't all during the Spanish flu, they didn't know what was causing it. That's a, that's a little fun fact. A lot of people don't know. (laughs) Um, So what I wish they would do is I wish they'd go back to let's educate adults, not, school age people not college age people but ah, adults into how to raise chickens yeah like how to do that i wish there was somewhere a lot more people went that you could learn things like beekeeping or how to raise chickens or all like that absolutely there's a i mean even the internet nowadays you can find all that which is remarkable for but sure. yeah, we're we're definitely as a society we're definitely not taught how to um, live successfully. <laughs> well, see, and I I think like nowadays that would be because of corporations or whatever. But back in nineteen eighteen or whatever, that was because of the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. You know, so because they didn't, they literally didn't know what it was all during the Spanish flu. Yeah, that's crazy. And. Yeah. <laughs> no, the more I learned about the Spanish flu, the the crazier it, I thought it would be. The thing that was so crazy to me about the Spanish flu, and then we can get on to anything else, but the thing that was so nuts to me about it was it went away. It literally just went away. Mm. It burned itself out. And it took a lot longer to burn itself out than people realize. Mm. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and there was a whole host of, like, neurological issues that cropped up with people later in life who'd been exposed to the Spanish flu. Like, a whole host of neurological problems. Um, And the the government did a study that was declassified under Bush, the the second, under W. Right. Um, And the, the study said that the Spanish flu was in the human was in the American bloodstream, I think, until like the thirties or forties. 
Oh, wow. Like, I forget how long it was, but it was a long time. Wow. For people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff. Nobody learns more from this show than me. No. One. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> For real. Um, so if you could wave a magic wand, what would you tell people? Like, we got to do this. We got to fix this about our food. Hmm. We definitely have to get back to nature. Definitely have to get back to more of the natural process of how things are done. And with our food supply, I think all the additives and chemicals and seed oils and factory farming and such is not the way. Our seed, okay, I've heard a lot about seed oils being bad for you um mm -hmm. are, are so like if i eat sunflower seeds is that bad for me or, or is it just i don't think oil? it's inherently bad for you i think it it depends i think context yeah. is really important where you've been what your diets have been like what you know uh, how you've lived up until this point but seed oils um are known as pufas which are okay. polyunsaturated fatty acids and that can cause a lot of damage on the body over time and yeah. it um essentially takes oxygen out of your cells and jesus mm-hmm <laughs> and this is, you know, compounded over time. So uh, especially if you are living a plant-based diet or eating a lot of processed food or the standard American diet, you are getting a lot of polyunsaturated fatty acids in pretty much everything. If you're eat okay, if you're eating a plant-based diet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every wow. fake meat, um, oat milk. Um, let's see. What any fake almond? butters? Any? What about almond milk? Well, almonds, nuts, nuts and seeds are are pufas. So, okay, you know, wait. they're not. It's not that they are inherently bad, but it's the one, the sourcing of it, and two, how much of it you're getting. So, if it's 100% of your diet and you're getting that every single day and you're eating it a lot, it's probably going to cause some roughage to your gut. It's probably going to, you know, stress your body out a bit. So wait, hang on. Because I'm somebody that puts almond milk in my cereal. Mm -hmm. So now I'm interested. I was interested before, no offense, but now I got skin in the game. <laughs> Hang on. Wait a second. You're telling me that if I put almond milk in my cereal, that's bad. See, context. Context is important. Okay. It depends. I would say I would challenge you to go look at at some point, look at the ingredient label on your almond milk. See if there are seed oils, if there's sunflower oil, if there are gums like guar gum. Wow. Um, those are those are things that will definitely affect your body over time 
uh, you know, as every little thing adds up. So it's not that having a cup of it or a bowl of cereal with almond milk is going to, you know. So it's not like, I mean, it's not one bowl. It's like multiple bowls. Multiple well, see, what kind of cereal are you having? Okay. A lot of cereals generally, um, you know, unrefined bleached wheat flour with yeah. copious amounts of uh, refined sugar and um, all sorts of so, things. So currently I'm going through a cornflakes renaissance, but uh, yeah, <laughs> cornflakes and magic spoon. You know what magic spoon is? Oh, yeah, yeah, magic spoon. I've seen them. yeah. yeah. That's cool. You, Do you like it? You're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me. Magic spoon's a killer. If I talk to you long enough, you're gonna tell me. <laughs> uh, magic spoon is. I believe it's made with cassava root. Correct. There's a lot of whey uh, in magic spoon. There's some whey in it, and I jokingly call it the cheese cereal. Like oh, interesting. It's from. It's got whey in it, and. Hmm. Um, I know this, like the, I eat a lot less cereal when I eat Magic Spoon because it's filling, mm. right? There's protein in it. So, right. and it's like, it's, um, the sweetener is, um, oh God. Monk fruit? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I got up this morning, I was not thinking I'm, I was going to talk about uh, Magic Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you never know. But yeah. 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 I would really challenge people to come back to like read the ingredient labels, understand and like look at what it is that you're putting in your body. Understand the 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 fillers, the gums, the oils, the um the ingredients that you can't pronounce. They're probably not good for your body. So like tomorrow morning, I swear to God, I'm gonna be Mr. Popular. I'm gonna go look at the almond milk and be like all right. <laughs> what Kylie says, what does this say? <laughs> there we go. Holy God. Love it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing, too, that, you know, like, I, I'd, uh, you know, generally judge it by how do you feel when you have it. And, you know, if you're if you're experiencing certain symptoms or well so like i know what you mean because like i you know i don't eat mcdonald's and the reason i don't eat mcdonald's is because way before supersize me came out like yeah. when i would eat mcdonald's i wouldn't feel good mm. like after i eat it i just would immediately feel terrible right so i'm eventually i was like okay i'm not gonna eat that <laughs> See, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the yeah. the uh, you know brain gut connection of yeah. This doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> Great, do not consume it. You know, it sounds really basic, but we've uh, as a society yeah. come really far away from that. And people, a lot of people are doing nowadays what they think they should be doing, or what you know an influencer told them, or what they saw in an article, versus listening to you know, the yeah. incredible processes that happen in your body. You know, it was working before you ever thought about it working. And then a lot of people don't right. think about it until it's no longer working the way that it was. And then they're like, why isn't this working? You know, it's probably. So like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go no, ahead. I hear you. Like for me, like 
McDonald's used to make me feel hungover. Like literally, it used to wow. make me feel like I was hungover. Well, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. No, no, that comes from a glass. It does not come from a hamburger wrapper. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anything, it just shows you how how much uh, chemicals and yeah. you know sludge uh, was in your food versus wholesome, yeah. whole foods. Like, you know, like there's a guy, but there's a guy. He says um, on TikTok. And he's like, um, yeah, like McDonald's has regular beef, like just people get. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Stop lying. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it definitely (laughs) doesn't. (laughs) Like, I can eat Wendy's and I feel fine. Like, I can eat, you know, um, Arby's and I feel fine. Hmm. But if I eat McDonald's, I don't feel good. Interesting. I'm I've just, never been to any of those. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've eaten something, but I, I don't feel like I need to lay down. I had a Big Mac. <laughs> mm, interesting. You know? And, I mean, the other thing is, and I'm I'm no health nut, right? But the other thing is, look at how small a McDonald's hamburger is. And think about how full you feel after you eat it. Hmm. Are they small? Oh, bless your heart. They're tiny. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, they're real small. They're not as small as like a crystal. It's like a you've never been if you've never been to a McDonald's, you've never been to a crystal or a white castle. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're really they're like a like a, a Big Mac is forty percent is like I think forty percent bread. Oh wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Mac, it's more filler. It's about forty percent bread. It's cheaper. Maybe more than that. But it's like you you look at this small little item and you're like, why do I feel so full after eating it? Hmm. Like if I can throw down two helpings of Thanksgiving dinner and I'm still hungry enough for a piece of pie, how is it if I eat one of these, I'm like full? Like I'm done. Because it's fake that's food. Not, that's not normal. No, it's fake food. <laughs> Hey, you know, just saying. Yeah. Yep. You make a valid point there. And I'm no nutritionist or whatever. I'm just saying that's something I figured out when I was theoretically still a stupid twenty-something. That's a <laughs> that's know. a that's a great thing though because it sounds like you were listening to your body and what it needed, you know, and then you were able to make the connection of. Okay, this doesn't make me feel good, so I'm going to stop eating it. That's pretty fantastic. Much. Pretty much. But I still eat double stuff Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying they make me feel great, but, you know. <laughs> there are a few brands on the market that are not – they're better, I think, ingredients than than regular Oreos, but they're like a mock Oreo that uh, – yeah, I w- I was amazed to learn that actually Hydrox, I don't know if you even know what that is, but the Hydrox cookie that doesn't even exist anymore, huh? Um, was actually better quality ingredients than the Oreo. Hmm, that makes sense. But because of marketing, like yeah, only in a blind taste test could someone tell that, hmm. and then only if you like broke up if you like made it so they couldn't tell 
like on the cookie, like they couldn't tell which cookie was which. Right. But mm. because of marketing, people just, their brain automatically just said Oreo is better. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Marketing is everything. Or here's something that here's a memory that I really have. Um, so I remember before I was, before I knew this, I remember eating American cheese, white American cheese and yellow American cheese. And I remember like white American cheese tasted different from yellow American cheese. I distinctly remember that. Even I remember even like not knowing which was which and being able to taste like this is white and this is yellow. Hmm. But as soon as I learned, like as soon as I learned they're actually the same thing, I couldn't taste the difference anymore. Huh. Yeah. That's funny. I've never forgotten that. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting time in our world right now. But I think a lot of people are waking up, which is really cool. Well, after I wake up, I'm going to go te- check out the almond milk. I'm, really <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, in fact, I'm going to get your number off air and I'm going to text you about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let I'm me not, know. I, I, no, I, I want you to text me the, the whatever it was you just said about all the stuff you got to look for. Okay, you got it. Because holy crap. Yeah, it goes deep. It goes deep, but yeah. um, but yeah, it's yeah. um, you know, if if you can come back to wholesome, real foods that you can pronounce, yeah, I think it's a it's a better starting point. So, in general, is like milk, like cow's milk, better for you than the nut milk, or what? Ooh, that's definitely a deep rabbit hole too. Um, in short. A lot of, oh, crap. <laughs> in short, a lot of, uh, you know, milk that you can get at the grocery store is pasteurized and which means that it's uh, heated to a certain degree to eliminate um, different bacterias and such. Yeah. Nut milks are laden with like all sorts of gums, fillers and seed oils. And for instance, Oat milk nowadays is a really big thing. And oat milk is obviously derived from oats. Oats are okay. are sprayed with glyphosate, which is uh, otherwise known as Roundup. And oh when you, boy. Yeah, when you spray oats with this, um, you are essentially getting that in as you consume them. And that's why a lot of people are allergic to wheat these days or, uh, you know, have uh, wheat allergies. Oh, it's because of Roundup. It's you're not it's, allergic to you're not allergic to gluten. You're allergic to Roundup. Right. That's why a lot of people can travel to Europe and consume bread and pastries and pasta and such and not react because their government over there says that glyphosate is highly toxic to the human body and they don't allow it on their crops. But in America, we do allow it on our crops. And so something like oats are sprayed heavily with that. Um, and uh. then when you you take something like oat milk, it's it's basically blended oats with water, sugar, gums, guar gum, and seed oils. So it's a really, really um, 
honestly disgusting potion that yeah. people are drinking thinking that it's like you know yum delicious goodness for their their body <laughs> but it's really not and uh so that's kind of the thing with nut milks if you're going to drink nut milks um i think it's important to get organic pesticide free nuts and to make it yourself so you know exactly what's going in it you can use maple syrup or you know cinnamon salt such uh filtered water um but that's the other thing with nut milks is that they're not these these uh Companies that mass produce nut milks are not using filtered water at, uh, either. So that whole combination is is really heavy on the body. I would say if you're going to drink milk, you either should make your own nut milk or you should get raw okay, milk. Okay, wait, wait, hang on. I went to Amazon because mm -hmm. I buy a lot of food for Amazon. Um, I've got my nut milk here so okay. i'm zoomed in on the okay so i'm zoomed in on the back panel like the ingredients here mm -hmm. and what we've got is we've got filtered water almonds calcium carbonate sea salt potassium citrate sunflower something then you've got where, and then you've got gel and gum or gel and gum. I don't know what, mm -hmm. how that is. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, okay, natural flavors, whatever, uh, vitamin A. And then there's palm, palmite, palm, palm. I don't know how you say that. So you can't even pronounce oh, it. Well, it's like it's <laughs> Paul and then mate, Paul, palm, palmitate. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then D-alpha and then Jesus. What okay. is it, silk? It's uh, Almond Breeze. Mm, yeah, Almond Breeze. It's tasty, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, over time, it's it'll, you know, um, it depends. It, it can affect everyone differently. But I know a lot Boy. of people that have, have been affected um, <laughs> with uh, GI distress from that. Yeah, wow. Jesus. All right, let's see here. I'm so I hate to do this to you, but I'm like I'm like really where I'm like really looking at it now. <laughs> Holy crap. It's good. You're reaching a new level of, you know, what it what is you're putting into your body. I love it. Okay, wait. This is this is interesting. Here we go with uh Califia Farms almond milk. Oh, Califia. Um, Califia, whatever. <laughs> uh, and they've got locust bean gum and then gelin gum, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I can pronounce like potassium citrate. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but how many of those products do you actually know what it is? Well, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think if you have to Google it, you know. Right. No, I there's always the and exception, also, of course, like, yeah, but... Right, exactly. Exactly. See, a lot of these are chemicals, and that's that's the thing with a lot of uh plant based foods nowadays. And uh Yeah, the, the rabbit hole goes deep for sure. But like you um, said in the email, the rabbit hole 
<laughs> the rabbit hole goes deep. It does. It does. Yeah. But if you can come back to nature and what is familiar and what you can pronounce, mm. it's a much better starting point. So let me ask you a question. Um, we're going to change gears here. Um, so your music that you play what what type of music is it it's a cross between like rock pop and electronic okay what type of music do you normally like Mm, i like a lot of different types of music okay um i like electronic music i like um hard rock i like classic Mm. rock i like what do you uh, call classic rock oh like uh deep purple or pink floyd okay jethro tall uh slime the family stone (laughs) yeah because i don't know if you know but uh the spotify music app has nirvana as the classic rock cover Oh, wow. Nirvana is not classic rock. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, asking people to define genres for music is, I find, very subjective, you know? Yeah. All the musicians say that. I mean, every musician I've ever talked to, <laughs> every single one. It makes yeah. sense, honestly. <laughs> To me. <laughs> Why? I think when you're a creator, and especially for music, when you create music, yeah, you just, it's hard to categorize like how you express yourself or how it sounds, you know? I mean, I think generally there are, there are genres that you can relate something to, but music is just so expansive. It's, it's so specific and subjective to whoever is talking about it, whoever's listening, right? I could describe something completely different than you might. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's kind of like, uh, so for me, I'm a movie guy, you know? Um, And uh, some of those movies in the 50s, man, in the 50s and 60s, but before the new Hollywood takeover, mm-hmm. man, some of those set piece movies, yeah, you, you've got to respect the craftsmanship. Oh, absolutely. You know, the the Ben-Hur, the uh, Cle- Cleopatra's another one. How about Cary like, Grant? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to my cousin the other day, I was saying... I was telling about this. Um, I had just seen North by Northwest again, and I was telling about Cary Grant. And Cary, he's not a Cary Grant. He's not a movie person at all, so mm. he's never seen a Cary Grant movie. And we're like, here I was rattling off all the iconic Cary Grant movies I could think of. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. He's so good. So good. Yeah. Classic. Oh yeah. What's your favorite one? Oh my gosh. I don't know. That's a hard question. What's your favorite one? <laughs> Either North by Northwest. Ooh. That's or a that little movie, or the so-called little movie he made. 
where he played it, where he basically played himself. Like if, as if he'd never been in the movies, Hmm. he played a guy who was a shopkeeper in London who lived with his grandma, who lived with his mother. Hmm. And it was such an interesting movie because it was so like, this is, this is me. This is who I would have been if I wasn't Cary Grant. Cause his name wasn't Cary Grant. Right. It right. was uh, Archibald Leach. Huh? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. I can't think of the name of it, but it was this little tiny, you know, back when people saw movies a lot, like nobody, you know, it's not a movie that survived, so to say. Right. But uh, it's good. It's a, you know, but he was a megawatt star. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. What's that other one? Um, The one about. Oh, God, my mom watches it every Halloween. He's got these two aunts. They're in Brooklyn. Boris Karloff's in it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'll probably remember once we get off the call. There's bodies in the basement. <laughs> oh, God. His, his. Hold on. Now, now I'm thinking. All right, Cary Grant. Uh, here you go. All right, it's he. Okay, not charade. It's really old, but it's so good. Like, it's black and white. Because all these are in color, just about it. Hmm. On IMDb. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Well, you've been such an interesting yeah, person to we, talk to. We've been at this a while. So let's, um, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Because I'm never going to look at Nut Milk the same way again. <laughs> Holy God. Yes. <laughs> I was I was out here thinking, oh God, it's so healthy for you. No. <laughs> yeah, context matters. If you're gonna drink yeah. nut milk, I definitely encourage you to buy organic almonds and use your own, ideally reverse osmosis water and make it yourself. Yeah. All right, Kylie. Um, <laughs> you want to tell everybody about your. Uh, artistic endeavors and such absolutely you can find me at uh, the lion and the river or you can find me at celebrate the little winds and are, um, are you on the instagram or i am on I the mean, instagram are you on the tickety talk yes i am yes i am is it lion and river there yes the lion and the river and celebrate uh-huh. the little winds all right well, like I always say, everybody, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right. Thank you so much, Kylie, and uh, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>